Teal Nation, Strut Nation, welcome to this episode of The Strut. It's another one of those big episodes, guys. Teal Nation, Strut Nation, we're going to go through a whole bunch of sports. We're going to kind of land the plane with baseball, softball talk, but we're going to talk about a few other things to begin with. By way of introduction, we've got Travis T.D. Danley. And I want to say, T.D., you were not named T, nicknamed T.D. sarcastically because of your football career. I just want to point that out to people. Info Joe. T.D. just got that, Joe. Info Joe, nexus of all information. Little Nexus joining him. Next week, I promise, I will have Little Chili right here. I actually walked out of my office today forgetting to bring Little Chili. Little he's, Chili. He's so that. handsome. He's wearing a tuxedo, so he just fits what we're doing and how classy an operation the Strut Podcast really, really is. Um, having said all that, Joe, that is the end of the introduction. All right. So that's a pretty subtle introduction right there. That's a, that's a hard one to try to figure out there, Chili. But uh, that brings us to our first friend of the show tonight. And so, TD, if I am looking for some realty, some place to go and to build and to buy, who am I going to talk to? Joe Chili, you're going to talk to our good friend, Dan Sign, at Dan Sign Realty at Dunes Realty Sales. Real estate done right. Located down there at 128 Atlantic Avenue, Garden City, South Carolina. You can go see him at www.dansignrealtor.com or toll free at 888-889-9312. Again, Dan's a class of 2001. Big supporter of the show. Big supporter of Teal Nation, Strut Nation, and all things Coastal Carolina athletics and alumni. And like we always say, if you're looking to tailgate with someone, you have nowhere to go to, just show up at Dan Sign's tailgate. Tell him TD sent you. He's got the maybe the best tailgate outside of going to the alumni tailgate. He's got a great big old chunk of land that he just tailgates on. It is amazing. Let's talk about basketball. Women up first. They were winners at Georgia State, 60-52. to 52, And then that was on Thursday. Defeated Georgia Southern 87-81 on Saturday. Tonight's result was a loss to James Madison, 69-60 to to date. And these stats were prior to the JMU game this evening. Richardson still lead, our leading scorer, 14.6 points per game. Gagne leading with 8.1 rebounds per game. On the season, Joe and TD, and again, prior to the JMU game tonight, Aaron Freeman leads our team in assists and steals. 80 assists so far, 43 steals. And Riley Stack leads the way with 55 blocks on the season for the ladies. So, so far, ladies, like we said last week, I think it's still kind of the same what we're seeing so far are the ladies, Joe and TD, that they're still looking for that four quarters of good basketball. And the league is actually tougher than what I gave it credit for as far as Sunbelt women's basketball goes this year. There's been some good basketball played by the teams at the top of the top of the standings. I'll, I'll say that. I should have should have been a little more aware of that, but they're playing good basketball, I'll be honest with you. The men are in action as we speak. And it just went to a commercial, but I think Arkansas State was up by 10 last time I saw, 43-33. They lost to ODU last time out before tonight, 75-59. Jacob Meyer still our leading scorer, 14.8 points per game. Ojiaco at 10.8 rebounds per game. Joe, I said Ojiaco right this time. Good for you. John Sanders. I'm getting better, man. You are. John Sanders, 72 assists on the season. Kylan Blackman, 34 steals. Ojiaco has 28 blocks so far on the season and i know we keep talking about what's encouraging and i will say this with the women's team they have this game and one more at home and the men have the one tonight and then one more i think on saturday at home and that's going to be the season for these two basketball teams whoever the next men's coach is i think job number one joe and td is keep jacob meyer i think that's going to be job number one for whoever comes in i don't joe what do you what are you thinking on that Absolutely. I mean, going forward into 2024, 25, that uh, has to be be task number one, right? And uh, right now, of course, they're locked in that game with Arkansas State. You mentioned the women tonight. Just want to go backtrack a little bit on that. Michaela Conjay, 19 points tonight. DeAge Richardson had 12. Right now, they are tied for 13th in the – I'm sorry, tied for 12th in the standings. If that holds, they would play on Tuesday, March 5th at 1230 against the 13th seed uh, in the uh, upcoming conference tournament. That's down in Pensacola. Florida. That will be all next week. Both the men's and women's will play at the same uh, venue, by the way, which they've done for the last several years. Still wouldn't know who they're playing yet because, like you mentioned, 
more basketball coming up, and it will actually be a doubleheader on Friday, another men's and women's doubleheader on Friday with the women playing first at 5 and then uh, the men play uh, at uh, at 7.30 after that. And that's when both will wrap up their regular season. So, um, it, yeah, I mean, the women have played well lately. They won two in a row before they lost tonight. And they actually had a chance in this game tonight against JMU. You know, Kanje hit a couple of big threes in the, in the second quarter, but they couldn't quite get over the hump. They were down three going into the fourth quarter, but couldn't quite get there. They lost by nine. So uh, we'll watch both these teams on Friday, wrap up the regular seasons, and then they'll both head to Pensacola next week for the conference tournament. I think that begins March 5th, Joe, on a Tuesday that week. Is that what you yes, were saying that's, earlier? That's yeah. correct. First first day will be – and they actually pay, they play kind of congruently, right, men's and women's both on the same day, and they'll go all the way through uh, the championship on Sunday and Monday of uh, the following week. Gotcha. Um, that's good for basketball. And, again, we'll keep you updated throughout the show because it seems like every time we have a show and we record, the men are playing basketball. So, right now, 14-45 left, 46-37. Arkansas State leads Coastal. I'm going to run through some other sports that have been happening in and around campus, and then we'll slide into basketball. Uh, other sports, and we can jump in as we talk about these. Uh, let me see. I almost forgot a segue, guys. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking at uh, it right here. Though, I know. Right here I know. I, you got to team me up with this one now. I know, I'm, I'm going to do it right now. Joe, <laughs> let's say we're about to go see Coastal play Friday. Catch the doubleheader. Can you recommend a place that we could go to, maybe pregame it a little bit, kind of get ready for the doubleheader on Friday? There's only one place, Chili. Only one place to go, and that's Hanley's Pub, CCU Class of 2002, the official pub of the Strut Podcast, located in Carolina Forest. We will CCU at your local pub, Hanley's in Carolina Forest, 3873 Renee Drive, Myrtle Beach, 843-903-4904. Come join Chili and me and TD as we get ready for a big weekend. There's a lot of stuff going on coastal sports-wise coming up this weekend, and we'll see you at Hamley's Pub, the official pub of the Strug Podcast. There is a lot going on. Here's some action in other sports real quick. Uh, beach Volleyball fell to Florida State but defeated Jacksonville on Friday. Uh, Saturday, Beach Volleyball lost to Florida International and then defeated Chattanooga 4-1. to Women's lacrosse defeated Elon 8-7. Men's tennis lost to Charlotte 4-1 and then defeated on Sunday, defeated Davidson four sets to zero. Women's golf is second right now in the Rivertown Invitational down here in Mount Pleasant, hosted by Charleston Southern. Women's tennis is at UNCG, and that's coming up this week. That's what we have for other sports. As they we they won today. Right women, women's tennis won today. Five okay. To two. Very good today. And I want to chip in, too, on women's beach volleyball. Madison Allred and Rachel Ehlers uh, were the first Sunbelt uh, Sun Belt Beach Volleyball Pair of the Week. They won the first Sunbelt Beach Volleyball Pair of the Week in the 2024 season the league announced earlier today. So congratulations to that duo. Yeah, really excited. i tell you what I saw. Uh, I saw Coach X at Rustic Rush today. He was getting a cup of coffee. I believe he had a recruiter, one of his young ladies in – and uh, so don't don't instantly don't come calling. I don't, I don't know if it was a recruiter, one of the young ladies, but and uh, but they were having a cup of coffee. Told him again, thank you for coming on the podcast. And uh, man, real excited about him being announced as the head coach as we talked about, and then leading up the programs. And so from all of Teal Nation, Strut Nation, I told him we we're excited. He said he was very appreciative. Told him he's welcome to come back on any time. He'd love to. And uh, so you know, great to see our our our, our Sandy Shunts. Start off, you know, they look, they don't play anybody when they in, in, in that beach volleyball world, man. There, we don't play anybody shabby. I mean, you go look at that schedule last year. I mean, no, they play don't. literally the top 40 to 45 programs in the country. They don't play anybody that's really just outside of that. that there is no gimme putt for lack of better now. There is no Liberty playing Quinnipiac, right, for three straight at home, you know, to, to start a season in baseball. There is no, uh, you know we're not playing Savannah State anymore in football, right? It, they they're not playing, they're not playing anybody shabby. So also too on men and women's basketball. Look, you never know, man. March is crazy. They don't call it madness for no reason. Get down there, at Pensacola. Maybe get a little warm, get a little humidity. Uh, ball gets a little loose on us, and maybe we start draining some things. You never know, man. You got to get hot at the right time. And uh, you know, look, we don't know what the future holds for for Coach Moss and the staff and whatnot. There's been I, I keep getting asked when's there going to be an announcement. I get asked at baseball games. I'm getting asked by, you know, people just, you know, hit me up via Twitter and whatnot. Guys, we don't know anything different. I want to make sure I said that tonight. We don't know anything more than y'all do. I know this much. I will say this. 
if there is an announcement to be made, it would not be made until after the season is fully completed out of respect for the current staff and the players. I think that's the most appropriate thing to do. And also, too, a lot of people don't realize, and, and Joe and Chili, y'all know this, being uh, big big basketball guys, the annual conference for coaches is at the Final Four. It's kind of one of the more unique things with college basketball, men and women's college basketball, that their annual coaches uh, conferences are at the Final Four. Wherever the Final Four is at, that's usually where the coaches conference happens. So I think that's a pretty neat deal that, correct me if I'm wrong, that's about one of the only sports that's able to pull that off just because of the timing and and typical, but that's I think that's uh, you know when when Dad coached, they never did like a, a, a the coaches convention around the World Series. It was always some other time of year. Um, but uh, never know, man. You get hot down in Pensacola, get hot at the right time, boys. Get a good matchup, and uh, that's all that matters. You get you get somebody upset, somebody get a favorable matchup. You never know, man. The, the final four matchups come tournament time. Look, the Final Four is a great place to connect and make connections yeah. for coaches. And I think that's a big reason why they do that right there. They have the co mm -hmm. big coaches convention. They all congregate in one place. You can interconnect, network, and connect and maybe find your next job. You know, there's a lot, a lot of wheeling and dealing, a lot of smoke-filled cloakrooms filled with, with all kinds <laughs> of talk, wherever but, the site is. But, uh, no, with the Strut Podcast, and, guys, we have not heard anything. I've been asked that a few times. We don't know anything more than you all. Uh, we'll try to get – Everything we can, but as y'all know, we're we're not big on doing the whole breaking news thing. We we would rather get whoever that's going to be, uh, be it Coach Moss and the staff or whoever's next. We'll get them on the podcast. That way, you get first dibs at learning about who that individual is and and their staff. And uh, that's that's what we bring to you. We bring character and content and depth of analysis and a little yeah, bit of comic relief. And not uh, a lot of that. No, no, no rumor mongering either. We're not going to put out a bunch of rumors and uh, we're, nope. not, not be able to back that up or, or have anything to stand on. So we're not That's breaking right. news. We're making news. There Some, you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Let's see. Little Nexus agrees with you. I'll tell you what. But uh, man, a lot going on. It's, you know, between basketball, volleyball, softball, golf, baseball. I mean, it's, there's spring footballs coming up. I gotta say yeah, this, man. Yeah. I got. I, I gotta say it, man. It was a little awkward. A little awkward seeing seeing a former Sean Clear wearing a different number and different colors hit social media in the last twenty four hours. That's all I'm gonna say. It was a little awkward. A little awkward. Yeah, yeah. But he, but that's part of the world. He, he, he's part of the world. He, he's in. The, he's in. The, he's in the game in that in that uh in that jersey too. He's in the game. It's, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's all that uh, too, TD. It's. Yeah. Uh, Look, wish him nothing but the best. Wish him the best. Wish um, him all the best. He did everything no. he could here. Everything. Look, and lot of, I, I want to make – I saw some comments too. Let me touch on that. Y'all, that's his grad year. We talked about this last time. That's McCall's grad year. He was going to have to leave inevitably, right? He was going to have to go somewhere. So, um, you wish him the best. I'm not saying I exactly wish NC State the best. Not a, I'll say it. This is TD's two cents. I'm not a huge fan of NC State. However – we're all big fans of Grayson McCall. Hope he does well. So absolutely, better, you no know. Question. So we can we can be McCall fans one more year, and then go back to rooting against NC State. <laughs> Very well said. <laughs> I didn't say. Look, you like I told us my own time. So you pull for them? No, no, no. I'm not pulling for them. I'm pulling for him. <laughs> Hope he has a great year. I, so, I didn't say. TD, I would would go you twelve and zero? So that, I'm thinking of a question for you, TD. Would you wear a Grayson McCall jersey from NC State? Hell no. Okay. That cleared that up, Joe. <laughs> I, 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 you seem a little wishy-washy there, TD. You're kind of in the <laughs> middle there. You're riding the fence. So, well, I can't really tell where you're coming nah, from. I hope he throws for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions a game. And I could, you know, if they go six and six, whatever. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so you're saying he, uh, you hope he has a big impact. Yeah, man. I hope he does everything he can to get to the league, man. That's all. That's what I hope he does. I hope he has a great. Hope he has a great season. But uh, I digress, boys. We got more fun things to talk about. That's on me. Yeah, it's and and again, it's the impact. It's the impact that going See, to the, have. the impact that he's going to have there. <laughs> the uh, so, John, I'll tell you what. I, look, man. I, it, boys, those that are listening. That was uh, that was Chili's way of teeing me up for a promo. And, and Joe, and, uh, Joe tried to help too. And Joe <laughs> tried to help. And so I'm supposed to uh, tee up. Uh, I don't even see it, man. Am I, am I teeing up Chili on this? Yes. 
I'm teeing up Chili. All right. Chili, like you're doing Grace great, McC- Like Grace McCall is going to have to do with NC State. He's going to have to carry their offense, right? So, you know, after he, after he carries that offense to a six and six year, he throws for 3,000 yards and 25 touchdowns and no interceptions, his back's probably going to feel a little bit out of whack. Where can he come back locally to get taken care of? So glad you asked. David Turner, Coastal Class of 97 of Impact Chiropractic, has been practicing in Conway for 20 years. Dr. Turner believes in a proactive, wellness-based approach to achieving optimal health and function for the entire family. At Impact Chiropractic, we work hard to grow healthy kids rather than fix damaged adults. 210 Singleton Ridge Road in Conway, impactchiro.com, or you can call 843-347-9103. TD, that was a heck of a segue. I appreciate that. That was top-notch, top-notch. It helps when you uh, when you scroll down on the in call messages. It does tend to help when you do that. I, now I can see it. That I was supposed to segue you. And hey, look, this is a heads up. The next segue comes from me to you for Myrtle Beach Family Golf. This is a heads yeah, up. I got it. And look, okay. I, I love look. That's that's my jam right there. I love all our sponsors, but for some reason that one rolls off the tongue real easy. So probably because. I still hold like a 37 to 12 record over my wife and putt putt. But anyways, it was 38 last week. Did she pull you aside and talk to you? I don't, man, look. We know Kim's a listener, Joe. She, he said that last week. He did say that. I, I think the, the record's kind of changed a couple there. times in the conversation. The look, man, happy wife, happy life. So oh, we'll, there you uh, go. That, there that, you go. True words never spoken. <laughs> TD, tell us about softball. I love softball. Softball is a great sport. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> I think Joe's got us dialed in on softball right here. All right, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Well, I can tell you this that uh, Coastal rolled over Furman eight to two the other day to, to wrap up the uh, the battle at the beach. They uh, took a six nothing lead. India Smith smashed a three run homer. Rayleigh Brabham picked up the win, scattering eight hits, two runs over six innings of work. Caitlin Ryan struck out the last two in one inning of work. Softball now seven and five on the season. They'll host Michigan State, Iona, and Oakland this weekend at St. John Stadium. At the Chanticleer Showdown, so the softball team seven and five off to a good start. So go out this yeah. weekend, as we said, a lot of stuff, going, a yeah. lot of stuff going on. Coastal Athletics, get out and see the softball team. Yeah, pending uh, weather. So I will say this: being I was at the field, I'll get into baseball with y'all uh, here in a minute. But uh, I was there last night for the uh, the big one over Campbell, and uh, but talking to Eddie. So for those that don't know, Eddie's uh, head of grounds, got a great team over there that manage football and baseball and a multitude of other sports. But uh, be advised with the impending weather and the impact of that, softball and baseball may be uh, impacted. Not maybe. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So just stay tuned to social media and the website page for softball and baseball. We don't have any breaking news on time date, but it's about a 90% chance of rain on Friday. Friday's be, not looking good. Not anywhere looking good. But the good thing anywhere in the state. So good thing is on Saturday and Sunday, the chances have gone down from in the upper 60s down to about 40 on Saturday and from about 50 down to about 20 or 25% on Sunday. So starting to look favorable. Hopefully, hopefully if Friday's a washout, maybe we can get some uh, get some live action between softball and baseball. But look, brand names coming in that weekend too. Michigan State, as far as softball, Softball's playing well again. Softball goes out and plays a, a fairly solid non-conference schedule. Sunbelt softball, gentlemen, one of the top four or five conferences, just like baseball when it comes to softball. They have three or four teams every year that are either ranked or getting – they're inside that top 50. They're going to send at least two teams to the regionals, which, again, that's sometimes three. I think a year ago or two years ago, they sent three teams to the regionals. So, it's – um look, it's not a, not a shabby – not a shabby conference, and then you mix in places like, you know, you mix in a Michigan State, you mix in uh, a South Carolina, you mix in some other schools like that in a non-conference slate. You know, it gets it, it gets pretty tough pretty quick. And uh, but uh, seven and five is not a bad start. I know they hear, people hear that and say seven and five. I mean, they're not playing. They, they may play some brand. They they may be playing some non-brand names that maybe some folks are not familiar with because of football and basketball and even baseball. But some of those schools in softball are really quality, quality programs. So I'm just glad that we beat the Furman University Christian Knights. For those that are counting at home, you do, you, yeah, you do your own yeah. little acronym. You do your own little acronym at home. And uh, almost a bleep. <laughs> funny story about that, but we'll tell it all fair. Anyways, um, Chilly, what do, what do we have next? 
So, so far in softball, just by way of sharing some stats out, DeJesus and Smith both have three home runs apiece. Uh, DeJesus leads in RBI so far. She has 12. Um, and if you go to goccusports.com, just as a heads up, when you're reading the stats, they've done something really well to help you understand softball baseball stats to date. When you look at the list and the roster and you see where you can click on the different categories to see who's leading and what, if you see a darker colored background, those players haven't reached enough at-bats or whatever to really qualify as a leader in that. They've put them in there, but just when you go look at that, just as a heads up, that's an important thing to make note of because there's a lot of players who have really high batting averages or low, but they're not really qualified in terms of like how many innings they should be pitching and stuff like that. Speaking of pitching, Rayleigh Brabham, her mom is a friend of mine, and she listens to the Strut Podcast, so shout out to Miss Brabham. She works in our school district here. Hey, now. He's a, um, he's a friend of my wife, too. So Rayleigh's mom is listening, and we are proud of her. She's off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, Rayleigh has a 1.51 ERA. Now we're talking. And she has four wins so far this year. Uh, I think she's pitched – the second, well, actually, the most innings pitched so far at 37, also. So, our two pitchers between her and Picone are the two that kind of, I guess, I don't want to say qualify, but they have the most time, most innings pitched so far out of our pitching staff for the for the softball mm-hmm. team to this point. Now, we're going to really have more people who amass more stuff so far, but to date, out of those first 12 games at seven and five, those are your two stat leaders when it comes to pitching is again, Rayleigh Brabham. And Nicolette Picone. I tell you what, you know, the uh, softball takes a little, a little precedent in the Danley household, just a smidge, and uh, mm. you know, just just a hair. Um, so, Pop's real proud of uh, hitting that chance to watch the games as much. Um, um, but uh, on on the mend, um, much much better. But he's uh, he was talking about how the team overall is is man. They got a lot of pieces, right? Got a lot of pieces. Uh, out there, pitching's one of them. Hits one of them. It's going to come, man. It's going to come. You're going to look up. They're going. They're going to run off a streak of two, three, four wins here, two, three, four wins there. And uh, again, um, I think we're right in the middle of the pack. I saw some, you know, some fun belt sports. They did some baseball, softball power rankings. Right there in the middle of the pack, but it's early. You know, it's real early in the season with what's going on as far as softball. But uh, man, when they hit Sun Belt Conference schedule, it's going to get real fun when you start playing. Louisiana and Texas State uh, and Georgia Southern and some of those regional regional opponents and regional rivalry teams and and Marshall and others, you know, it's going to get real fun real quick. I'm about to segue, TD. Hold on. No, no, man. Look, I I tell you what, though, you know, it's one thing to hit the ball around the park, Chili, okay. but it's another. Yeah, I'm thing. not here. Go ahead. It's another. It's another thing, though. <laughs> to just hit the ball around the driving range. And I'll tell you what, if you want to talk about, you know, hitting the ball around the range or going putt-putting, remember, think about Myrtle Beach uh, Family Golf, operated and managed by Coastal Alumni, golf fund for everyone. They have four mini golf facilities and one driving range, Captain Hook's Adventure Golf, Jungle Safari, Jurassic Golf, Shipwreck Island, and Cane Patch Driving Range. Again, go to Hanley's, get you a beer, get you an Uber, Get your Bob Baldwin Coastal Marketing hat. Get your David Turner adjustment. You know, make sure you've got Dan's number because when you when you start playing well and you start making the tour after going and hitting that driving range on those putt putt courses, he's going to get you a house right on the water. So we got all our sponsors taken care of, gentlemen, right there. You know what I'm saying? Well, you still got a segue Joe, during baseball for Coastal Marketing. We got we got one more. I still we'll, we got one more. A little bit later, will. but uh, I still we'll, will. we'll hit that next one a little bit here in a little bit. So let's go ahead and bit. shift into baseball and what they've been doing lately. Guys, I heard a stat that was kind of cool that baseball over the weekend scored 54 runs. That's 54. 54, 54 runs over the weekend. So coincidence. That's a good place to start us off. They had Illinois 17 to 9. Saturday defeated Ball State 12 to 2. Sunday defeated Cincinnati 25 to 2 and just defeated Campbell on Tuesday 9 to 2. Look, a lot of concern, though, with the Cincinnati game. We should have probably not gone for two as much and just kicked some extra points in that game. Uh, a lot of fans are upset, though. I feel like that, you're being uh, facetious Joe, about that, TD. 
Well, Joe, look, Joe Moglia, you know, he tried three, three two-point conversions, got, got in Gilly's ear saying, Gilly, I really think we should go for a couple two-point conversions here just to put it on tape. Gilly said, okay, why not? Got with Schnall and Schilling and those guys and said, sure, why not? Failed on all three attempts. So, again, instead of it being 20, you know, 28 to 2, uh, you know, we allowed a safety that game. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get better. We'll figure it out. We'll get the tape. But, uh, no, impressive. 101-plus runs through through the first eight games. Uh, our only two losses, gentlemen, are undefeated Duke and a two-loss Indiana, if I remember correctly. Both teams inside the top 20. One, no, they got two losses. Indiana lost last night. They lost, They got upset last night. Yeah, I, I thought and the same thing, too. And yeah, they're they got, six and they're six and two. Those teams are combined thirteen and two. Yeah, both teams combined thirteen and two. Again, Coastal six and two, and uh, Chile. What you just said. So, and here's what's interesting too. You've got a couple guys like Dooley and Barthol and a few other cats that historically have, have hit well from top to bottom, season start to season close. Those guys are starting to bear a lot of balls up. They've been unfortunately, and again, not singling those guys out for anything bad. They have been. The, the the baseball gods are not in favor of them right now because they have hit more atom balls. And as a team, too, we have, I mean, collectively, I think over the weekend, even with all the runs, we've probably hit a dozen to 15 atom balls. For those that don't know what an atom ball is, you hit them right at somebody. I mean, we barreled up 12 or 15 balls total that uh, that went right at somebody. But something that, uh, that impressed me, Joe, and Chili was, this young freshman pitching staff, right? We had four arms go down. I know we're going to touch on it. We all have some things. We're going to kind of go around the horn, pun intended, right? But my five highlights that I want to touch on and then kind of drill down a little bit would be is, one, our freshman pitching, love the stat, the Coastal Baseball Twitter and Facebook, Facebook put up, 25 innings pitched, a 1.08 ERA right now. That's impressive with those guys. You know, Carbone – uh, Fluky, uh, Oliver Ellison, um, O'Neill, among just a handful that have just gone out and impressed us extremely well. Um, and then a, another thing is Books, Bodon, Beach, Bender, you know, those guys have absolutely crushed it. Then you've got, um, you know, I've got this, I got some of their stats right here. And Chili, to your point, great place to go and get a lot of data. Look, data don't lie, but it can't be missed this evening. You know, you've got right now, you've got seven guys in our lineup hitting 300 or better and two guys that have historically with us averaged over 300 that they're hitting below that. They're coming on, though. They're starting to bear balls up. You know, slugging percentage, we've got seven guys hitting uh, slugging over 500. You know, we've got something else I thought that was impressive as a team, and I want to kick this to y'all to, to talk about a little bit more is, is right now I was looking at it and – Currently, right now, where's it at, man? My stat got away from me here. I wrote it down. I was I was real excited about what I saw with regards to um, what our team's doing here. Our OPS right now and our batting average as a team is 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 absolutely outstanding. I mean, it's um, that government got away from me, boys. Here, hold on a second. Now, Chile, all these different. They've done a great job of being able to break down all the stuff for us on on uh, on the website, but. Uh, there we go. Getting to me now. Leaders. So Jake Books, who's a sophomore, Caden Bodine, sophomore, Graham Brown, super senior, Derek Bender, junior, and Sam uh, Antonacci, third baseman. Those are just some of the guys right now that are just ripping the cover off the ball. But also, too, is it was good to see that we were able to put guys in places on the field. And I'm going to segue here. Is we were able to get some guys on the field that that – because of these big leads, we've been able to get a lot of pitching in, a lot of position players in to rotate through and get legitimate innings, not just an out here and a bat there and get in. You know, somebody else I think of is is and we talked about him as the back our backup, our backup catcher East Step. He got in, he barreled up a few balls over the time. He got in to uh to catch a little bit, gave uh uh Derek Bender a little time. Bodon's gonna catch this weekend. I've got the breakdown for Liberty and, and USC upstate coming, but Last thing I'll touch on, and I'll hush, is our overall attendance right now has been spectacular. Real proud of Teal Nation showing up. We had 2,400 ticketed people, like not like, hey, they were cheek, you know, like tickets, cheeks and seats for the UNC or for the Campbell game Tuesday night. Roughly about 2,400 people. The game started at four. It was cold. It was windy. It was a Tuesday. 
people kind of getting there after work, like I did, didn't get there till after work, but after five, had about 2,400 folks come through the turnstiles, if you will. Uh, real, real proud of that. I got a couple other stats I want to get to, but I'm interested to hear what you gentlemen have to say about how we are as six and two ranked top 25 in the country and what we've done so far. I just got a few stats I can share out right here. Joe, I'll, let, <clears throat> I'll do this, and you can go ahead and talk about the upcoming stuff if you want. Um, to date, right now, Jake Books, 458 batting average. Caden Bodine, 417. Graham Brown and Derek Bender both have 370. It's where they sit. Home run-wise, Zach Beach has five with 14 RBI. Our leading RBI guy is uh, Books with 15 RBI so far. I feel like I've, I've watched or listened to nearly every game so far, and one thing I have noticed is if I'm listening to Joe Katz, and if I'm you know just kind of flipping through the dial or turning it on, and here's every time I've listened to the radio, it's been a beach blast. Every time I've listened to it on the radio, Beach has hit a home run. So I guess we need to get word to uh, Beach that I just need to keep the radio on at all times because he's hitting the home run every – I mean, I, I, it's uncanny. No lie. But um, as far as pitching TD, you talked about that. I will bring up a couple of stats here. Um, Eikhoff off to a good start. His ERA is 450, but I, mean, I think he's going to be okay, honestly. He had a real good start earlier this year. 1-0 so far. Uh, let me see. Leading strikeout so far is Meckley. He's got 14. And let me think. One more thing I wanted to share is um, in terms of just pitching again, Eikhoff. Out of our guys who've gotten some starts so far, Eikhoff has given up, given up the most runs so far. But at the same time, we've had a stellar start when it comes to pitching this year because we all talked about when we had Coach Gilmore – and we had Coach Snall about just what the offense was going to look like. But I've been pleasantly surprised, Teddy, and you alluded to not having some guys that can pitch, not having as many arms that we can use that have the experience. But at the same time, we've had a really you know, pleasant surprise to what we've had so far when it comes to our pitching staff. Just a couple of things to add, uh, and I really don't have much to, to add to what you guys have already touched on. I mean, yeah, Beach, five homers and 14 runs batted in. Like you say, every time uh, every time you turn it on, there goes a Beach blast going out of here. We got to mention, you know, we, we got to mention Jake Book, Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week, right? I mean, he had his magnificent series last week in those games, batted 759 for 12, and he also had an RBI double last night in the win over Campbell. So, I mean, Jake Books is off to a fantastic start. Leads us in hitting right now at 458 through eight games. And we talked about last week needing to win uh, what should and probably need to win all three games. And not only did they win those games, they went out there and won them going away. I mean, in years past, it kind of seems like when we've lacked a little pitching, we just had to outslug people and out and just outrun people, right? I mean, if we, we put a bunch of runs on the board, they're going to come back with a bunch of runs. And we just got to find a way to scratch out another run or two. But you know, watching the Cincinnati game on Sunday when they got off to that 2 nothing lead, and then the next thing you know, Coastal sends 17 to the plate at the bottom of the first inning, four homers in the bottom of the first en route to a 25-run outburst that TD mentioned a while ago. Those two runs were it. That was it for them. Cincinnati got nothing else. A lot of times you might get caught up in a game like that and another team will start scoring a little bit. Our pitching staff hasn't allowed that really this year mm -hmm. through the first eight mm -hmm. games. That is a good sign. That's a great sign that our pitching staff is locked in, they're dialed in, and they're, they're coming out and they're throwing strikes, right? I mean, they are throwing strikes, and that's the name of the game. You know, you throw a strike and you catch it when they hit it to you. So it's a good start for our team in terms of pitching, and our, and our hitting has just been fantastic, obviously. That was a big win. That's a big resume builder over Campbell last night, by the way. You know, it really that, was. That, that, that could loom large, you know, down the line. And if anybody, and not, certainly not me, but if anybody out there thought for one minute that Gary Gilmore in his 29th and final season might not have that little fire in his belly anymore, might not have that little edge to him. Well, <laughs> you needed to watch the bottom of the fourth, you know. <laughs> Are you saying it was a big, juicy ejection? Yeah. He, he got after it, you know. He got after it, and he got run, and he's like, you know what, my last year, I got to get run at something, and I think he had a beef. But anybody out there, and certainly not me, thought that, yeah, he might just be. No, 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 no. He's got as much fire in that belly as he did the day he started coaching. They started playing. You know, oh, so, that right. was 
Great start yeah. for our team. And TD, you were up close and personal to watch all of that. I was. I was right there when he got tossed, and and he was he was protecting his guy. He was arguing for his guy, and 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 the first base umpire didn't give him. I mean, he he didn't give Gilly two seconds. He ran him, and that was the worst thing for Campbell that could happen. Oh yeah, because the very I mean, the very next frame we go out and score three runs, and then we score two or three more. And let me tell you something too. What's impressive is that Campbell team right there to hold in the two runs. Right, holding the two runs, and that offense like ours have been scoring eight, nine, ten runs a game, boys. Holding the two runs, team. Yeah, I mean they're a top twenty-five team, legit top twenty-five team, right? No question, legit top twenty-five team. We held them to two runs, and and it wasn't a fluky holding the two runs. Like, well, kind of pun intended. Fluky came in. Pun actually intended. You know, he could have gone out there and done that, and he did. He came in. He got a couple outs early. And then got into a bind, pitched his way out of it. And what's awesome to see is is, is, is kids like, you know, Meckley and Eikhoff, and then you got Carbone, you got Ellison, you got Schaefer, you got Fluky, you got Smith, you got, you know, you got some guys, Johnson. They struggle. Some guys have had moments of struggle, but overall, they've been able to pitch through it. I'd like to go ahead and take a peek real quick at the week that weekend ahead. Again, stay tuned to the weather, but We've got an old flame back in town, boys. Liberty Biberty. Liberty Biberty. And let me tell you something. So let me give you a little insight to Liberty real quick. Uh, just food for reference, uh, food for thought, excuse me, and a, little, and, uh, and a little data here. Currently, currently, here's an interesting fact. Do you know this is the 100th recorded game on Friday night or the first game whenever it's played this weekend between Coastal and Liberty? All time in the series. Coastal leads the series 63-36. All right, we're slated to play the Flames this weekend, Friday through Sunday. But, again, stay tuned for that. Um, We mutually lost to Duke, right? And uh, they beat Wilmington last night or tonight. So, we have that mutual win going for us and and they going for us. So, here's some guys to look out for quickly. So, for Liberty, their hitters are are, are Kepley, Raven, Sweet, and and, and Camden Tryon. So, Center fielder Kane Kepley, he, he's their look. He, he's their ignition, buddy. Batting three seventy nine with over eleven hundred OPS. Raven, uh, number seventeen's batting um, three fifty seven nine ninety three OPS. Sweet um, is three twenty one OPS eight oh five, and Cam uh, Tyler is number eighteen, uh, batting three hundred uh, and uh, has an OPS of nine sixty four. Uh, these guys again, not to pick on, them, but they played Quinnipiac and and they've played they, their schedule right. They're currently right now. They are five and three after the win tonight. Outside of Duke and Wilmington, they really haven't played anybody worth their salt. Uh, Grant, they've been scoring some runs, but not to the level that we have. I think overall they've scored about sixty-three total runs uh, through the season. Look for their starters to either be Garrett Horn, Cole uh, Hertzler, Hertzler, Dolby, or Matheson. Matheson is their middle week, middle of the week guy. Probably come in Saturday, Sunday to give them some innings. Dolby is a guy that could throw in the middle of the week, but also comes back on the weekend. But Horn and Hertzler are there, are there Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday starter, if you will. Uh, like a lot of teams, still trying to figure out. It's kind of early to figure out who's going to be that Friday, Saturday starter uh, for them. Uh, and then quickly talking to Upstate. Upstate is in the Big South. And uh, as you know, Liberty is in Conference USA. Upstate's 4-4. Four and four. Got six guys hitting over 300 in their lineup. Uh, so – you know they can score some runs too, but again, like uh, like Liberty, they haven't played a whole lot of kind of weekend ball against a real high level competition. They played some midweek games and will play some midweek games. But uh, Sheehan, Reinhardt, Sullivan, and Vernon are, are the guys in their lineup that you really need to be aware of. Uh, so look out for them on the other side. Now, interesting enough, gentlemen, we play that as a Tuesday, Wednesday, right? So one of the rare five game weeks as we you know record this on a Wednesday night following the next Wednesday. So we have a three-game set versus Liberty and then a two-game set versus Upstate. Why do we play Upstate? Upstate's kind of one of those schools that by the end of the year, the last couple, three years, their RPI straight to schedule has been at least in the top 100, right? So that's something that Coach Gilmore and, and Coach Schnall, we had them on earlier this year, they talk about they want to have some non-conference games that are going to test our guys. Overall, too, I want to touch on the conference while I got y'all before we go into Liberty and Upstate anymore is overall the conference, man. JMU, ODU recorded some big wins. Coastal's got some good wins. Um, and, uh, you know, poor 
or Chili's team down there in Statesboro, all those expectations and all they got is one dub. One whole dub. I so, feel like I know the reason why it might be the case. I'm just not going to yeah. wait for football season. To, just to wait for football season. Yeah. But, well, I, I mean, don't want to get lathered just yet. You look at who Georgia Southern's played Maryland, Georgia Tech. They've been at Mississippi State and Campbell coming up. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they haven't exactly they opened up with the, the, the Quinnipiacs and the, yeah. you know, Ori Georgetown Techs of the world. I mean, they've yeah. actually gone, gone, they've had a rough opening slate for those guys. I'm yeah. noticing that's kind of a trend with Liberty. They got Quinnipiac, and I just went and looked at their schedule TD. They lost two of three to Hofstra. I don't know how good Hofstra is, but I mean, you sweep Quinnipiac, you probably should have. And I saw their scores; they put up some, you know, great big margins of victory against Quinnipiac. But at the same time, no one's talking about Quinnipiac and Hofstra baseball anywhere. Yeah. Not, not yeah. in these parts. Not in these parts. I will say this though: this is, uh, you know, this is one of those weekends where my dad said it best. I'll give him credit. He said, this isn't one of those, let's just take the series, be three and one. This is one of those weekends where we need to go out and enforce our will like we did this past weekend, right? Um, we need to go out and, and, and take care of business when it comes to this weekend. Again, what, what a great opportunity um, to, uh, to have Liberty here, old Big South rivalry. I think Joe Cat said it best. Kind of vintage Big South week with Campbell on Tuesday and uh, Liberty Flames coming over the weekend, but um, there's nothing that Liberty is going to present to us that we cannot uh, overcome. You never want to assume a win, but um, again, one thing I love to see was we're starting to get real active on the bases that we didn't really the first weekend we kind of did, but starting to bunt run, sack bunts, bunt for base hits, stealing guys, getting real aggressive on – you know, extending that single to a double, that double to a triple, you know, those things are coming. And we're, we're getting some clutch hits, man. We're getting some clutch hits at times where we, we need a clutch hit. The one thing I'll say is, and I always harp on this, is we two innings versus Campbell and a couple innings over the weekend, as many runs as we score, we left some runners in scoring position when they were there with less than two outs. We got to make sure we capitalize. Again, Joe, uh, what did old Lou Holtz used to tell folks? You got, you got to be able to. Got to be, got to be humble when you win. You got to pick somebody up when they lose, right? On what was it on on Monday? We can't beat anybody. Tuesday, we got a little glimmer of hope. Wednesday, hey, we may have a chance on this. Thursday, we cannot lose. By Friday, the thought of ever losing to anybody. It's all about Friday. But um, I bring it up as we need it. We need to go three zero this weekend. We need to, we need a four zero week and 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 take care of business. Yeah, TD, I did a little background on Liberty, too, just to kind of dive into them a little bit. You mentioned this is the 100th game, the 100th game we played. May of 83 was the first time, way back in the beginning, the genesis of the old Big South Conference. Last time we played these guys was 2021 at Lynchburg. They took two of three, so this is kind of the return series this year. The last Big South contest, the final Big South contest that Coastal Carolina ever took part in in 2016 was against Liberty. A one nothing win of the Big South Conference Baseball Championship. I was there. Gary Griffith and I had to call on the radio. Mikey Paez with a home run in the third inning was all she wrote. one nothing. Coastal you said that was 2016, Joe? That was, yeah, that play. That play to secure the game, too, right? The defensive play that we had to end the game at first base. Uh, I was like, that's a double that, play. It's like, boop, it's boop, a double boop, play. Boop, you know? And then, yeah. and then I, I still have it, I have it ingrained in my mind. The first base coach and the kid that hit that that hit that ball sharply hit ground ball too. It was sharp. It was hit. sharp. I mean, like if I remember, rocket, rocket, and uh, we turned it. And the first base coach and that and 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 the kid that hit that ball, just the pure anguish <laughs> that was on their face was absolute sheer freaking enjoyment. Priceless, <laughs> worth it. That was the and that was the first that was the first of four dog piles. That would take yes, it was. the course of the next month and a half. The first of four yep. dog piles. You mentioned their, their you mentioned their schedule. They haven't played a, an impressive schedule outside of Duke so far. Of course, they lost two or three to Hofstra, but they do have Duke again in April. They got a series with us, obviously coming up this weekend. They'll have a series with East Carolina mm -hmm. coming up. That'll be a good test for those guys. They have a series at Canisius. That was a regional team in 2022. Uh, they have two games with Virginia Tech. They've got one with uh, Virginia, one with Campbell. 
and then they'll play Wake Forest a couple of times. So they'll they'll pick up and they'll play some clubs. That's right. You know, they're they're picked to finish second in Conference USA, but they got you know once once it you know starts. Well, it started with Duke with a loss to them. They'll really start to kind of get into the meat of their non-conference this weekend when they come to us. So it should be a lot of fun. I know Joe Katz listens to the Strut podcast, and I want to throw something out there, Joe. And I know you're you're closer to him than the rest of us, but I do want to help him out with something. We talked last week about what we could call Sam Antonacci, and I think I've got it figured out. And when TD, you talked about Joe Katz coming on here more more frequently once we have you know baseball kind of going and everything else has kind of died down in the winter time as we're doing the changeover time in the year. I feel like I want to start calling Sam Antonacci the Godfather. Ooh. <laughs> it just Mercy. feels good to say you know and i also thought about this for for cats and cats we know you listen but if he hits a no doubt or home run i think joe cats could probably work in like a forget about it it's gone and antonacci's been big he's reached base in all eight games so far i mean he's always on base out there the godfather you want him out there in the action so he's uh he's been a big pickup huge pickup on the infield for this yeah club. he is man i tell you what Godfather uh, and the killer bees yeah there the godfather go. and the killer bees it, i tell you what too is um again to, to to not harp on it but just to highlight if you will we got a couple kids who we know it's just a matter of a couple three or four bats before they get rolling and if you can get those nine guys plus the other two or three that are sitting on the bench that are itching to get in, I'm telling you, there is – I'll offer this. If you listen to this podcast and, and we're covering baseball for the first time, so we're working through our kind of dynamic to do this. But I'll tell you what, if you get a chance, go out and watch this team. Even when they're up 9-2, to 15-3, whatever, there is – and to hey, the Cats' point, Joe and Chili – to Katz's point, Graham Brown hits a hits a hard ball somewhere, he's thinking two out of the box. When Beach hits one, he's thinking two out of the box. When Ben, I mean, these guys are playing with that selfless, relentless expectation that Gilly has. And 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 to put a bow on it right here is you can see that unlike last year, we had it a little bit last year, and I'll say it this way. We'd get a big lead, four, five, six runs, and then we'd let a team kind of creep back in. That's so far through this year. When we get a big lead, those guys remain relentless and hungry to say, okay, we've scored seven. Let's make the seven horn go off again. And for those who've never been to a baseball game at Coastal, every seven runs, we played a horn. And I'll give Schilling uh, uh, credit on this one, and I'll end it here. When we scored our 14th run versus – um, I think it was Cincinnati on, on Sunday, y'all. Schilling looked up towards where Katz was and where those guys were doing the end game. And he gave him about three seconds, and he gods on the street, looks up. For those watching on YouTube, he goes, he starts tugging on the old trucker horn, does his hands like this, starts tugging on it, and then they finally blow it, and he kind of goes, he kind of gave like a, damn, what took so long? And that was for 14 runs. And I say that humbly, it is something that, there is no run like they don't care if they've scored 25 they're gonna score 35. i mean it is there's a true excitement and just sheer energy around we're going to absolutely score as many runs as possible and yep. make it hard for you from 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 and i keep hearing them holler compete when they get two strikes or two compete 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 for everything and that's something i think this year that gilly is really wanting to finally not say finally leave as a lasting impression is be selfless, be relentless, but compete, compete, compete. I've heard him say it a thousand times. I don't know what he said to the first base umpire. I don't think he said compete. I think he called him something else. But anyways, he got uh, he got an opportunity to go watch the game from inside the comfy confines of his office. <laughs> TV, whatever you think Gilly might have said, is that something that he might have? Uh, would he have any safety in maybe putting out there and marketing what he said, or should he just kind of keep you know, that quiet? I should call Bob Baldwin at Coastal Marketing because when you think Coastal and you think marketing, you think Coastal Marketing, Bob Baldwin down there. i tell you what, Bob's done a great job for us, and we appreciate everything he does in support of the show. But Bob's located down there, 475 Sandy Lane, Suite A in Surfside, not far from where Dan Signs is at down there selling the beach for us, you know, real estate done right. But, hey, give him a call at 843-349-4848. 
the uh, the way to find him too is also on social media at Coastal Marketing Graphics or his website at CoastalMarketingGraphics.com. Remember, Bob Baldwin's a class of 2011 alum. We appreciate his support. Also, too, I called Bob after that game and said, "Bob, I'd like to put on a hat." What Gilly said, he said, "Okay, tell me what he said." I said, "Well, it it was like asterisk money sign money sign hashtag asterisk money sign." If you were kind of putting it on, a, he goes. I don't know if we can put that cuss word on a hat. I said, I don't know exactly what he said, but I just know that but it was. It what was, about just a hat, Joe and TD, with just the asterisk, the money sign, the whatever, and just that have would those, be That would be black slick. hat with I'd, I'd wear better. that. I'd wear that. Hey, just that hey, slip. Hey, I, I, I heard a good one the other day, and I, 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 keep, I, I, I said on the last podcast, I want a hat instead of run the damn ball, it says bunt the damn ball. And for those that know it, Gilly ball is – Bunting and running and stealing and hitting and running and hitting behind the runner and 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 playing and playing gilly ball. You know they call it small ball, but gilly ball. And um, this team is exciting when they can hit a beach blast, a barthol bomb. You know, and forget way, about it. And uh, forget about it. Home run by Sam Minacci. Um, oh, hey, can we call it a meatball? No, you can't call it a meatball, man, because a meatball is a. You know, you got to call it. I like it. I like it. Sam Minacci, forget about it. That ball's gone. We got to text Joe Katz. That's that's how he's got to do it. I'm gonna tweet it. The old tweet it there to him. Go. And uh, but man, real excited about hey this weekend softball, baseball, a lot going on with volleyball, other sports. Track them on social media. Track them via the Strut Podcast and our individual uh, handles. Look, we appreciate everything from everybody. I have three quick things, and we'll land the plane unless y'all have something else. First off. Best of luck to Chad Hamilton. He is a top five finalist yes. for Horry County School yes. Teacher of the Year. He teaches over at St. James Middle. Chad, we wish you all the best. You are our top pick. So best of luck to Chad Hamilton as he uh, enters the final five there for Horry County School District Teacher of the Year. Um, and and, ho- and hope, to, hope to see him in the Sasser Hall of Fame pretty soon. I mean, absolutely. You look at that resume. Chad Hamilton needs to be an offensive lineman in the Hall of Fame. Just by two spins. Agreed. Hoops. Tonight falls to Arkansas State 71 to 60. And last but not least, happy birthday to our president, Dr. Michael Benson. There you go. Yep. I gave him a, shot him a quick yeah. text today, man. Shot him a quick text today. I did so, too. Uh, yep. Yep. Real excited about that. Gentlemen, there's only one hey, way to land this plane. Hey, hey I, I got one last thing oh, I want to say. Oh, I want to I want to say uh, I send out our best wishes to a, a recovery for uh, Ken Hunter, he's he's in the hospital. He's he's not doing great. He had some he's got some problems. I'm I'm not exactly sure what they are. I think they're kidney related. But he's been in the hospital for the last few days. And uh, you know, last I saw, they were, you know, I, I he, he anybody knows Ken. He's the number one Coastal fan, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he always comes to the games. He comes out to the coaching shows. He loves Coastal as much as anything. And he's had he's had health problems his entire life. And so right now he's. He's kind of battling in the hospital right now, so I, I want to I want to send that out to Ken and our thoughts, our prayers are with him. He's the he's the number one coastal fan, and, and hope you can get well soon, buddy. Want to see you back out at the ballpark soon. Yeah, man. I've known Absolutely. Ken since high school, man. He's been, he was on the sideline. I got the honor and the privilege of call. I say had had the honor and privilege of calling him a friend since uh, since high school. He was on our sideline at Carolina Forest and was on the sideline when I played, and has been on been in the stands. Support and coastal. Ken, we love you, buddy. Thank you for the support. Look, good thoughts, good prayers, buddy, and uh, hope you get well soon. Well, this shots up is for him. Shots up, everybody. Shots up. Shots up, Ken.